the free for all roundtable round two on round two bob reed is here principal at broadwaystrategy.com the guy behind touchdowns and fumbles which you hear on fridays on the jerry agar show Lindsay broadhead strategic communications and public affairs advisor and sabrina nanji is here from queen's park observer good to have you all and actually let me start in your wheelhouse sabrina um some polling numbers out that suggest um doug ford not quite as popular as he used to be but the party would still win a thumping majority if we had an election today i don't think that's all that surprising. And I frankly think, and I'm interested in your analysis, Doug Ford's probably decided to take it on the nose for some of the policies he's marshalling right now because he believes in them, even if they're not popular. I think it's, you know, not a surprising playbook from any, you know, any political camp. Uh, You know, you kind of get out some of the more unpopular stuff at the beginning of your term, you know, as far away out from the next election as possible. So that's why we've kind of seen, you know, this controversial move to open up the Greenbelt. Um, strong mayors, that type of stuff. Um, but I, what I thought was interesting with this poll in particular was that, you know, his Ford's personal connection to Greenbelt property developers and the investigations and allegations that are coming out of opposition critics uh, are not so much hurting the party itself, but but Ford. And so I think, you know, that's why the opposition is, is doing what it can to keep the to keep this issue alive. Um, and while we've been hearing Mart Stiles and the NDP, you know, hammering him on it uh, almost daily in question period, uh, I, I don't I'm not really surprised also that it's not really hurting the party itself. And so I think, you know, um, Doug Ford kind of being the one to bear this for the party uh, is not end up going to end up hurting them in the long run. Bob Reed, it is interesting, as Sabrina is pointing out, how something can stick to the leader, but not the party. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that the Greenbelt stuff isn't uh, isn't tracking higher in the polling just because there's been so much media coverage to it, so much attention paid, and it smacks of being a broken promise and all that stuff that quite often can dog a leader. Um, but I, I think also what we're seeing is, is a straight-up function of there is no opposition at Queen's Park right now. I mean, with all due respect to the New Democrats, who are the official opposition and they have a brand-new leader, that is still so such a blank page that Mart Stiles and her party are not on people's radars. And then the liberals, you know, as, as we've seen, they're, they're, they're down to eight seats. Uh, they've got a leadership contest that isn't even getting going yet. So Doug Ford's got a lot of runway here, and clearly he's, he's using it in terms of, uh, as Sabrina said, getting the difficult stuff done early in the agenda with lots of time horizon before the next election, but also at a time when the opposition is really not a factor at this time. Okay, and Lindsay, I'll let you take this in any direction, but something that Bob was hitting on is the Liberals consistently outpoll the NDP in the popular vote, but as Bob was saying, it doesn't turn into anything for them. Yeah, well, the the Liberals um, always get an uptick because of the uh, federal brand. Um, <laughs> debatedly, what that is now is is up in play. But so the the Liberal brand is still strong, irrespective of who is or isn't leading it. Um, and as far as the Ford uh, brand goes, it's fascinating because we saw throughout COVID how um, prominent Doug Ford was as a brand. He he superseded the Tory party um, or the Doug Ford Tory party. So it it's fascinating when you're looking at what opposition has to do to counter the Ford play. Um, Doug Ford can wear a lot of the heat. 
uh, now, and we're seeing that happen. Um, very strategically, he can wear the heat and it won't affect his party. So um, opposition now has to tackle both broader Ford party decisions as well as Doug Ford, which is very difficult. So according to the figures, as crunched by one of the reporters at the Toronto Star, we're handing out fewer parking tickets, and it's not just because of COVID. We should be back to where we were, and we're not. So we're leaving a lot of money on the table. And I guess one uh, other aspect that informs this discussion is another story we sent to you guys this morning, and that's about how in New York City, they're offering a premium. If you report somebody for illegal parking, you get a share of the ticket. Lindsay Broadhead, do you like that kind of tattletale world? I don't. I I really, I shuddered when I read that story about New York. Um, However, if you're going to get 25% of a $144 ticket, there's going to be people who are pounding the pavement and accept this as their full-time job. Um, So it, it would be a very... You're creating a lot of uh, animosity on the streets that probably would then ironically require more policing. Um, So I don't love the big brother element to all this. I also don't love that um, at the end of the day, a good portion of what's motivating this is tax dollars. Um, So, you know, it's a solution. I just I don't love it as a solution for Toronto. Okay. Uh, Sabrina, what do you see uh, in play here? I mean, one of the aspects that I found really interesting in this coverage was thanks to the Green P app being so user-friendly, more people are just paying what they need to pay to park, so they're not getting a ticket. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I mean, just anecdotally walking around the city, I feel like I could, you know, probably call in um, New York styles, some of these things. But I'm with Lindsay. I don't really think that, you know, the whole tattletale system is a good one. I think that could create a lot more problems. I think it would also make enforcement a lot more difficult. Um, and, and, and you know, to the point of taxpayers kind of paying the, uh, this, and, and that's the suggestion in New York. I mean, why is it not the enforcement officers? Why is it the onus on, on citizens when, you know, our tax are kind of paying for these enforcement officers. So uh, it's not something that really makes much sense to me. Bob Reed, the listeners are very familiar with my tale, which is that I have a parking pad, which I have to pay $500 a year uh, to the city to use. And people routinely park in front of it. So either I can't go home or I can't get out. So yeah, I call the traffic enforcement officer on a regular basis. And does that work for you? Like, is that, uh, are they responsive? Is that a, uh, is that a channel where you get some action from it? In the summertime, they come on a bike. In other seasons, generally it takes an hour and somebody ambles over to the car and drives away before the officer gets there. Because when I read the story, I thought of you and your your uh, tribulations, John. And 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 yeah, if somebody was blocking my driveway, I'd be furious as well. So I, I think having a good user friendly way that people who are actually being directly impacted uh, to be able to report it and get some action, I think I think that that is a good thing. And if there is a system in place with, that that makes that happen, then fine. But I think the hall monitor potential of cutting people in would just be off the charts in terms of neighborhood busybodies who would suddenly be walking around with clipboards and their cell phone calling in all the time. Back to the issue of why are there so many fewer parking tickets being issued in the city? I'm with you. I think it's the Green P app. 
because uh, the the I think there's been a huge behavior change in that, and the fact that you can extend your parking so that if you end up stuck somewhere longer than you planned on being, or just enjoying yourself longer than you planned on, it's so easy to top up the amount or to buy more time without having to get up and go anywhere. And I think a lot of the windfall that we got before came from that. And the other factor is, I think there's just way fewer places to park between bike lanes and the cafe TO stuff in the summer and condo construction yeah. everywhere that takes out lanes. I think there are just way fewer places to park. I don't think it's an enforcement issue. I think it's a supply and demand thing. Okay, what do we make of the proposal from a Hamilton MPP that we extend amber alerts for pretty well anybody who might be vulnerable? So somebody having a, uh, who has a mental illness, somebody who has Alzheimer's, uh, somebody who has um, you know, various other issues, if they go missing and we think they're in danger, we should use the amber alert. Sabrina, you're at Queen's Park. Does this thing have legs? Well, it's an opposition bill, and these, you know, rarely have a chance of making it into law. But Monique Taylor, you know, the new Democrat who introduced it, she has been a, a very vocal, um, you know, pro- like proponent for people with, uh, you know, vulnerable folks. So people um, with autism, kids with autism on the spectrum in particular, you know, I've seen her get kicked out of question period because she's so passionate about this issue. Um, but but I don't think it really stands a chance of passing. The, the PCs, um, uh, you know, are, are kind Kind of raising questions about the enforcement of it granted you know it was just tabled yesterday so there's there's still a lot of questions on it and and there will be debate on it uh, at, at some point um, but i think there's a lot of questions about enforcement of it i'm not really of the camp that you know these alerts may be annoying but i i do understand the importance of them and, and why they're necessary i think that uh you know opening it opening it up to this you know, broader, more vulnerable community um, it just raises a lot of questions about how it's actually going to play out in practice. Lindsay Broadhead, uh, the MPP was on with us a little while ago. She makes a persuasive case. She even tells one story of a senior who went missing and died of exposure. So it's not that our heart doesn't go out to these people, but does our cell phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm a just a, I'm a huge supporter of the Amber Alert system. Um, certainly, if someone in my family ever went missing, and I think this would be true of everyone, we'd want everyone on the case. I love the spirit of um, kind of a community orientation uh, and and call to action. So I I I really support the spirit of this. It comes down like everything else to the practicality. Following the Toronto Police um, Twitter page, uh, which which I don't encourage a lot of people to do if you want to have a, a happy day. Um, but because you see a number of people go missing every day, it's kind of shocking. Um, so it's just the practicality of how hyper localized the technology um, would allow for. Um, I, I think we should consider it. Um, but again, it's the practicality. So our, our, it doesn't become um, a never quiet cry wolf situation. And we aren't looking for the children. We aren't looking for the, the uh, very important cases as well. So the city of Toronto posted a song at a, uh, a sign at a dog park saying that people should try to have their dogs not bark. Bob Reed, I was saying an hour ago, this is this is the most Toronto thing I've ever seen. 
Ever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let, let's let's put signs up at the playgrounds too to have your kids not not uh, you know scream and and laugh and and carry on and be children. Dogs are gonna be dogs. They are gonna bark in a park. There's no way to stop that. I mean, I do feel for residents because I think this is a relatively new addition. This particular park and looking at the pictures, it is very right next door to condo buildings and whatnot. So it, you know, I I, I do have. Have some sympathy for people who were there first there was never a dog park there now it is and it does create noise but at the same time that's life in the big city folks you've got to have amenities like this and you can't stop dogs from barking when they're playing with each other thanks a lot for this good to have you all bob reed sabrina nanji and Lindsay broadhead on round two Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.